Welcome to Wealth Alchemy Lab, where we show you how spirituality, money, and pleasure not only can go together, but that they must. Activate your soul-driven path to your most fulfilling life possible through riveting interviews from our archives and wisdom from your host, ex-lawyer turned unconventional business strategist and spiritual catalyst, Kavita Aurora. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2013 called Quantum Leap Telejam. It was done under pseudonym, which is why you will hear the name Lila Samaya. Long and interesting story behind that. Ask Kavita if you want to know. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview. Welcome again to the Quantum Leap for Ambitious Women Telejam. We are now inside of the sixth day of our of our fabulous Telejam, and it's just been so inspiring watching the way this event is unfolding, all the insights and quantum leaps you're reporting in the Facebook group, on our page, and I'm just so excited that you are here with the thousands of others who are tuning in. So I am Leela Samaya, and I'm an unconventional business strategist and quantum leap mentor. We are sharing succulent practices, systems, and mindset shifts that create fast revenue and enduring results for ambitious women on a mission. So if that's what you want, you are in the right place. To join our Facebook discussion and find other goodies, I want you to just check out our live call page. You have links to it inside the daily emails you're receiving. It's quantum leap telegram forward slash live call. And on that page, you're going to find all the information you need for our call today. You can click there to join the Facebook discussion. There's a link that says click here to join the Facebook discussion. You can connect with others in our community, chat about the insights you're receiving, the quantum leaps you're inspired to take, get to know each other, support each other. So I'm a stand for more women like you taking quantum leaps. And as you can see and feel and hear from the way the event is unfolding, I've chosen speakers, handpicked them, who can help you make this happen. These calls are juicy, and I'm guessing that you will want to listen to them again and again because they're full of inspiration for you, for you to create the quantum leaps you're looking for in your business, increasing your revenue, in your life. There's just so much richness that's been shared in terms of practical business tips and strategies that can actually really get you going. And then also just some of the inner spiritual work and the purpose work and the alignment. So if you if you want to listen to these calls again, if you want to grab them, you can go to that live call page and click on the link that says Join the Quantum Leap Success Circle. The Sapphire Level 
is just $27, and that includes all the recordings and a gorgeous workbook, which includes a section in the beginning written by me on how to create quantum leaps, all the wisdom that I have gathered. And then it includes all of the questions I'm asking each speaker and some tips that the speakers have come up with for you to create your quantum leaps and space for you to take notes on the insights you're receiving from each of the talks. So uh, it's a great workbook to help you on your quantum leap journey. And if you are ready to really take the leap, ready to really make it happen this summer, uh, there is the Amethyst level, which includes everything in Sapphire, plus the Quantum Leap Your Business course. And I did a... uh, a webinar on this early on in the series if you want to find out more about that there's also a lot of information on the site on this course this course is going to show you how to attract several dream clients in the next one to two months and it's also going to show you you know how do you package market and sell your innate brilliance so you can create revenue fast and so you can even if you're starting from scratch so it's a it's a fabulous course that's really going to help you launch your business if you're in that stage and you're wanting to create that quantum leap for yourself. So again, you can grab that on the live call page. Prices are going to more than double in the next week, so check out the packages today. Now let's dive in with our interview today. I'm really excited and totally jazzed to talk with Marisa Murgatroyd about her quantum leap breakthroughs. We are looking at both the inner journey and the outer journey here. We're looking at, you know, what are the specific mindset shifts, consciousness shifts and, that are necessary for a quantum leap? And then externally, what, how, do you cre- how do you take the action that is aligned with this new consciousness and this new, these mindsets? Marisa Murgatroyd is the founder of Live Your Message, where she shows entrepreneurs with a big message for the world how to build a leading brand and lucrative web presence. At four feet, 11 inches and a quarter, She's known as the shortest woman in marketing. I love this. But that doesn't stop her from having huge ideas. Her no-nonsense approach has earned her a reputation as a results-getter for leading-edge clients such as Don Crowther, Alexis Neely, Michelle Chabnell, Morgana Ray, and Evan Mark Katz. Today, Maurice's purpose and passion lies in helping emerging entrepreneurs launch themselves online through her signature training programs, Message to Money, Hidden Story Power, and Superhero Summits. She has also produced dozens of large-scale award-winning projects for clients like the Getty Museum, PBS, UCLA, and the State of California. Cumulatively, these projects have moved over 75,000 units and generated over $1 million in sales and won more than 30 industry awards, including two tellies. So Marisa is very accomplished, as you can tell, and I have invited Marisa today because I um, am obviously very impressed by all of her work and her bio, but I've also experienced, I've, I've taken her Live Your Message course. It's a fabulous course. She's a great teacher. She's full of so much knowledge, and she has so much heart, and she really cares about her community, her students, and she's so brilliant with her strategies and helping us to learn our branding and tell our stories. So welcome, Marisa. I'm just so thrilled to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Leela, and congratulations on putting together this amazing gathering of powerful women to share what's gotten them to that quantum leap level in their business and just 
grateful and appreciative to be a part of this and to be here sharing my ideas and my knowledge with you. So thanks for inviting me. Wonderful. Yay. So, Marisa, how do you define a quantum leap? All right. So this is a fabulous question. So for me, a quantum leap is really spectacular growth. It's almost a rational, disproportionate growth where the output of what you get is disproportionate to the input of what you put in. And I'm not saying that this happens overnight where all of a sudden, bam, you're a millionaire. But it happens at a point where you settle into your business, you settle into yourself and your message, and you pick up confidence, and you're clear about who you are and what you do in the world. And what I find is that, you know, maybe it takes a year or two of being in business to really give yourself that permission to have a voice and to be fully who you are in business, not doing what you think you should be doing, not necessarily doing paint by numbers of what the gurus are teaching you, but finding your own voice and your own path and doing what you really want to do. And when you let your authentic voice out, when you give expression and implementation to your visions that, and ideas that are uniquely yours, I think that's when people feel like they know you and they, they feel your energy and who you are and they fall in love with you. And when people fall in love with you, they start to follow you and buy from you and talk about you and spread the word of you. And that's where the quantum leap happens for me. It's not something that you necessarily do yourself, but it's when you've gotten to a point of putting yourself out there, you've gotten to a level of clarity, you've gotten to a level of self-expression, that people feel you, they fall in love with you, they spread the word for you. Because you can't make a quantum leap alone. You make a quantum leap in partnership with your audience. Wow, that is so powerful what you just shared, and you summarized it all so well. So it just, um, I'd love to to really um, get 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 some more clarity on like how did you how do you do this? You know how do you actually create um, get to this place where people are falling in love with you, where you're expressing yourself. Um, you know, because I think what you said about the the community and attracting the right people into your life are so key to the quantum leap. The quantum leap occurs through the relationships that you have with others, with partners, with previous satisfied clients. So, you know, what? Tell us a little more. Maybe give give us an example of how you created. You know, what? Some more details about the biggest quantum leap or a quantum leap you've created in your business, how you created it, what, what were specific things you did, practices, systems, mindset shifts that set the stage for your quantum leap. Absolutely. I'd love to share more about this. And what I found is there was an internal shift where I realized that the world didn't necessarily want what I did. You know, what I did, I always thought, you know, I'm a smart woman. I've got great ideas. I've got great strategies. I'm accomplished. I'm learned. I can help people. But ultimately, that's about me. And it's not really about my audience. And it doesn't really differentiate me in the market because there are probably hundreds of other people who can do what I do. But nobody really does it in the way that I do it. Nobody creates the experience that I can create for people. Nobody triggers the emotions that I can trigger in my audience. And nobody tells the stories that I have to tell because they haven't walked in my shoes and experienced what I had to experience. 
And so I never wanted to be pigeonholed by appearances. You know, I was always kind of like hippie girl with armpit hair and stuff, you know, growing up, until I realized people made a, their first impression on me based on the way that they experienced me in that first few seconds of encountering me, whether that was in person, whether that was online, whether that was through an, a video on my homepage or on YouTube. And so I recognized that I had to step up, not in terms of what I knew and how brilliant I was and how many courses I had taken and how many tactics I was on the cutting edge of and knowing that silver bullet solution, but I had to step up in terms of my presence and recognizing that every single moment is an opportunity to share and transform the lives of the people in front of me. If I was bold and confident enough to step up and level my energy up in a way that people could feel who I was, that I could share more of myself, that I could express myself, that I could be vulnerable in a way that was powerful, that was still teaching, but that was telling stories that actually took that what of my content to a level of, of why and of heart and soul because people have 24-7 access to Google. They don't need more content. They don't need more ideas. They don't need more tactics. They need something that's going to move them into action. So if I wanted to spark that action in my community, I had to get myself inspired enough and I had to be courageous enough to step beyond my fear of visibility, beyond my fear of being judged, beyond my doubts as a person, and to realize that my message was so much more important than my fears. So if I let myself be stopped based on, you know, the fears that I had of being seen, that I was really doing a huge disservice, not just to myself, but all the people that I could light up with my message. And once I get them inspired through things like telling stories, they actually become a lot more receptive to my ideas, and it becomes more than just a checklist, more than bullet points, more than a list of to-dos, and something that they're compelled to actually do, because I've actually helped them understand why something was significant, not just intellectually, but viscerally and with heart and soul. So to give you a few examples of that, just a couple breakthroughs that I've had in the last few months. I actually recorded a video um, called Join the 30-Day Video Challenge at the end of April. So I decided I was going to host this summit, the Video Superhero Summit in May, but I had to get super, super ninja of being in front of the camera, not just because I knew I was going to be on camera for 10 days as the front of the summit hosting people who were A-list players who were already comfortable, but also because I knew that video was the next level of growth for my business because when people could see me, who could look in my eyes and actually see me as I speak, they were going to feel like they could know me at a much deeper level. And so I thought, well, instead of doing this alone and getting really good, why don't I extend the invitation out to my tribe? So I recorded a really simple video invitation just saying, you know, how I felt about video and what I thought it could do for me and inviting people to join me in a 30-day video challenge for the month of May. In this one video, the response was outrageous. I was just astonished. It was one video blog. I sent it out to my mailing list. It got 482 likes, 96 tweets, and over 300 comments. And the thing about the comments, it was people saying they wanted to join. And over 300 of them actually joined my private Facebook group to go through the challenge with me. And of those 300, 40 of them actually took action life-changing action, and started to film themselves every day and share what they filmed. And the transformations in this group of women was just extraordinary. And you know what? I didn't charge a cent for people to take part in this challenge. And I was doing videos every single day myself, even at the midst of being 
hugely busy organizing a summit and teaching a couple of different training programs. And I still, every day, did a video regardless of how I was feeling. And a lot of times I just did a video journal, right? And so I had 40 people complete the challenge with me, which is massive, massive action. They actually recorded themselves every single day. That took like an hour every day. So the average person spent like 30 hours, you know, a day based on a single video blog where I was authentically sharing my own doubts and reservations about video and my own journey. And I had never, ever seen that kind of engagement on a single blog post. And people shared it with their friends. And they invited other people to join my community. So I asked for nothing, no often, no money to join. And then I decided to give away prizes. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got to encourage these people. They're, they're so you know, courageous to be doing this and to be joining me. And it's giving me a level of accountability that I never would have had. And the funny thing is, is that even though I was spending, you know, uh, maybe $1,000 in prizes and giving people my access to my programs for free, this community has turned into kind of a force of nature. Like the level of engagement every single day is so crazy beyond anything that I've seen just because everybody was bonded around sharing their stories and being vulnerable, whether they're having a freak-out moment, a moment of inspiration, a moment of just daring exploration, trying something they never had. And I've never, ever seen community like that. And what's happened is even though I asked for nothing, you know, just um, last week I signed up a $25,000 client, you know, based on the 30-day challenge. And he just said, I've never had the opportunity to get to know someone for 30 days. So he hired me on to um, help him build his brand and his web presence. And what I realized is that I didn't have any expectations for this challenge. And the response was so absolutely extraordinary. And not only has he signed up, people are signing up for, you know, $5,000 VIP days with me. They're, like, on wait list to join my program. So even though I sold nothing, asked for nothing, pitched nothing, just revealing myself for 30 days authentically, courageously, boldly, brought, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into my business. And this is the difference between what I call push marketing and pull marketing. Push marketing is what most people do where they just dump their content on people and say, buy my stuff. And pull marketing is where you become so engaging, so confident in your message that people just magnetize themselves to you. And they come to you and they ask to work with you without you having to do any selling whatsoever. And so for me, that's the transition, is when you achieve a level where you don't even have to sell. People just come to you. They love you. They've heard about you. They've joined your community. Every email that you send out, it's like they click on the email. They go to your posts. They read your stuff. They like your your comments. And the funny thing is, is then they become unconcerned about price. It's not like, oh, my gosh, your your services, they cost so much money. It's like, I want to work with you. I've been following you for a long time. And we've got people contacting my business manager and scheduling initial calls and just saying, I don't know how she can help me, but I want to talk to Marisa and I want her to work on my business because I've downloaded everything from her website and I've been following her for a while and, you know, is she available? And I'm having to turn people away just because I don't have enough time. And I think it's that level where I realized it wasn't about what I do. It didn't matter how smart I was or how accomplished I was that I needed to step forward and share myself authentically, vulnerably, and in a way that allowed people to see themselves. You know, it's not just gratuitous sharing. It's sharing that connects people to themselves and the journeys that they're on and the actual outcomes that they want in their lives. It inspires them to take action 
and kind of move beyond the objections and the challenges that they might be facing around that action. I'm essentially reframing an internal dialogue in somebody's minds around a particular topic or area by sharing my story in a way that's transformative. And for me, that's made a huge, huge difference. And I think the 30-day challenge was really an amazing case because I actually have a blog post that get something like 3,000 visitors a month to my website. It's on market research questions. If you actually type market research questions into Google, I think I'm on the, the second listing on the first page. And that's driving thousands of people to my website. That's pure information, really good information, great content. But after a year, and I think something like you know, 30 or 40,000 visits, it's gotten something like 12 likes and you know, two comments, but nobody cares at all about this post. It's solid gold content, but nobody cares about content. You know, they care about how you make them feel, and if you look at any A-level player, if you look at the Brendan Burchards, the Oprahs, the Janet Atwood, the Tony Robbins, the reason you remember them is not just the quality of what they teach, but it's how they make you feel and what they inspire and use through the stories that they tell. And every single one of them is a storyteller. Every single one of them is willing to open themselves up and share authentically to really leave themselves on the stage in a way that other people aren't willing to do because we guard ourselves and think, okay, we've got to show our game face and we've got to be strong and we've got to be professional and we've got to be, like, buttoned up. But nobody wants that. So I'd say that that was, you know, for me, some of the biggest breakthroughs. And it was a really hard one to make as kind of a smart, overeducated woman who went to the Ivy League and I studied semiotics. I mean, no one even knows what semiotics is. You know, it's the study of cultural symbols and signs. It's like uber theoretical. But to realize what people actually are inspired by, what actually moves people to action, what actually causes that connection and that resonance between you and your audience, because nobody can replace that. Nobody can do that cheaper or quicker or faster than authenticity and connection. Nobody can out-authentic you because you're the person who's 100% qualified to be you, and there's only one of you. But that doesn't mean there's no parameters around it because there are the right ways to engage. You know, there are ways to tell stories. You know, there are ways to be very kind of simultaneously authentic while being conscious and strategic about what you're sharing in a way that ties back to your subject matter, ties back to your area of expertise, and positions you as the leader in that particular area. So I'd say that that's really kind of the shift that I made, an example of the results around that shift. Does that clarify things for you? Oh, my goodness. Wow. That was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, you, I, I can just feel like your excitement and your enthusiasm and just there's this huge, um, like, you you opened up in a way that it was scary for you. You're doing this video blog thing, and it just – and then people – saw you they felt you they were like i really like this marisa woman i want to i want to learn from her and what you're describing is like the more that we um show who we really are who we authentically are vulnerably and and just show our humanity that it's not about like i'm going to paint myself as this you know, uber successful business coach, and not that it isn't important to share like the successes you've had. It it, it is, but at the same time, it's like if you're just doing that and showing out, showing this outward shell of, you know, all all of the perfection and none of the challenges, then you become very difficult to relate to, and you 
created this quantum leap for yourself by just really showing your humanity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of the irony because we're all human and all we ever want as humans is to connect with other humans. And, you know, in an age where everything is being outsourced, you've got call centers in the Philippines and you're talking to machines and robots and even people who are using those Internet marketing formulas of, you know, learn the seven mistakes and the top secret. And it's not like you don't ever use that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. having a genuine, authentic voice pierces through the noise beyond anything else that you can do. And it's the irony because we're all afraid to be ourselves, but the, everything that our audience wants is they just want you to step forward and be yourself and to show who you are. And nobody needs to give you permission to be yourself. So I think it's a turning point that everybody makes in their own lives of recognizing, okay, I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to step forward and I'm willing to face the judgment that's going to come because of that because there are going to be people who judge you. And mm-hmm. I remember... Um, I had another video on emotional marketing called Juan's Flying Burrito where it's taking a tour of New Orleans restaurants and institutions and showing people the emotional markets behind them. And I was at a point, I was doing a cleanse, and I think it was 20 days into a 30-day cleanse, and I decided to break the cleanse and go have a burrito. You know? <laughs> so most people absolutely love the video. And then some people were sitting here saying, well, I'm not sure if you were making decisions rashly or emotionally and you were driving as you were talking and I was kind of concerned that you weren't paying attention to your driving and that you'd wreck the car. And, you know, you're going to get that kind of stuff, right? And there are people who want to pick out that one little thing. But to realize, you know what, I don't care. And if that's what that person sees, they're not really my tribe. And to realize that for every, you know, person that you turn off, there are ten more that you're going to turn on. You're going to turn them on in a way that is you know, beyond just somebody being on your email list. And one of my favorite authors, I think Haruki Murakami, he used to run a jazz club before he became an author. And he said that all he needed is that for one person out of ten people who visited his jazz club to just love the club and come back. And if one in ten people went there, loved it and came back, then he'd have a thriving business. And another author, I think Kevin Kelly of Wired, the former editor of Wired, says that you only need a thousand true fans. If you have a thousand people who want everything that you do, who love you and who follow you, that's enough to have a six-figure business. So we're all here playing this numbers game of how many people can I get on my Facebook fan page? How many people can I get as Twitter followers? How many people can I get on my email list? Rather than looking at the people you already have and saying, how can I inspire them? How can I give them more value? How can I be of service to them? And if you shift the perspective from this quantitative to this qualitative, the numbers just come. Hmm. Really beautiful points you're making. And it just... Uh... So if if our listeners are wanting to create this for themselves? What suggestions would you make to them? Well, the first suggestion is to know yourself and know what you want. Because for a business to be completely sustainable, you've got to be working towards something and you've got to do it in a way that sustains who you are. And I think sometimes um, people decide to play a persona or a mask and to create a brand that's not actually who they are. So they become almost larger in life in the marketplace. And that's not always sustainable. I think you see it sometimes more in the world of, of acting and politics where people are 
playing a role that they can't sustain, and then all of a sudden they they do something kind of immoral or their life falls apart and they have a breakdown and everything goes hot, you know? And I think that when you're able to create your entire brand and your entire business from this authentic place of who you are, what you want, what your core values are, and to really own your voice, it makes a massive, massive difference in terms of your ability to wake up each morning and be on fire and ready to engage. And the second thing is to start telling more stories and revealing more of yourself, not as gratuitous self-expression in the me show, because nobody likes someone who's an egomaniac, but to understand what are the challenges that your audience are facing, what's really meaningful to them, what do they want to accomplish in their lives, then what stories can I tell as a lesson to connect them to that. So I see stories everywhere. I was at the grocery store in Oakland, and I bought some, you know, nut-based ice cream. It's called Genuto Gelato, right? And the reason why I bought it is the guy who was selling the ice cream was there giving away samples. And I was so amazingly inspired by him because he, like, dished out every sample like he was dishing out gold. And he took the time to not just tell me how great his product was, but to give me a lesson about the other kinds of ice creams and other kinds of nut-based ice creams and how they're all based on gums and fillers. And if you lift up a pint of a normal nut-based ice cream versus his, his is like five times heavier because it's based on real nuts. And he just walked me down to the aisle and I ended up buying two pints that cost, you know, 10 bucks each of his expensive ice cream. And I was so impressed with this guy that I decided to use the story in the email I was sending out the next day. And the email was about it, something like the three things you've got to do on your website to uh, right away to make people fall in love with you. And um, the, the idea behind the post is just that, you know, you want to interact on your website as if you were meeting someone for the first time. So first you want to get noticed. Then you want to, you know, form that connection, let them know what you do and why it matters. And so many people focus on all this kind of whiz-bang wizardry instead of that basic human connection. So I kind of told the story to compare that interaction of meeting someone and falling in love with them with the experience that you want to create when someone's first landing on your website and finding out who you are. And the open rate um, on that email, I think the subject line was something like what gelato has to do with your website. And I told that story, and then I told them to click through basically to say how they could use that on their site. And the open rate was like 30-some percent, really high open rate compared to industry standards. And the click-through rate was massive as well, like over 50% of people clicked through. And I tell stories all the time in emails, everything from parables of the tortoise and the hare to, you know, my experience with this Genuto Gelato guy to an experience with my <laughs> boyfriend to, like, mental breakdowns. And whenever I tell stories in emails and just the fact of integrating stories, means that just in general, people are opening my emails more, they're clicking through more, they're taking action more. And because stories motivate more than anything else. But the thing about storytelling is it's not, it's not kind of um, accidental. It's really incredible strategic, incredibly strategic. Because stories actually activate parts of the brain that aren't activated by information alone. So when you tell a story, the brain has activated all the different areas that you would use as if you were experiencing that story in real life get activated. So the brain literally doesn't know the difference between hearing a story and experiencing something firsthand. So when you think about remembering, remembering something, like you can go to 20 webinars and a day later you don't really remember what they said because they didn't activate the different regions of your brain that would help you to remember it. So when you start to understand that, that 
telling stories, it's not just about forming connections, but it plays a role in terms of making your information more memorable and more actionable. And then you understand the kinds of stories that you want to tell. You know, I um, love this guy, Rolf Jensen. He was a futurist, and I think way back in the 1990s, you know, way back then, he was saying that, you know, we're moving away from this information society and into a dream society, right? And that people aren't buying products anymore because it's the best and the fastest and the cheapest and the shiniest or anything like that. They buy because of the story related to that product. And that doesn't mean it's just your personal story of why you do what you do, even though that's a story that I definitely recommend that you start telling all the time. But the story behind that product. And so he identified like six different emotional markets that you could tap into. You know, the first market was fun and adventure. You know, everybody wants to have fun. They want things to be an adventure. So if you look at one of my um, events, like Video Superhero Summit, that's really tapping into the fun and adventure market, right? So I'm creating an experience around the summit rather than just doing, okay, here's a summit with the word success in the title, like everybody else is, and it's kind of a cookie-cutter website with a bunch of pixelated photos of 21 people on the front, you know? And people are doing these kind of events that are paint-by-numbers. And so I think about, well, what is that dominant emotional market that you want to tap into? What are the stories that you can tell that tap into those markets? You know, and the other five markets are togetherness, friendship, and love. You know, so many entrepreneurs are building their business around stories related to that. If you look at someone like Alisa Sasevich, she's always talking about her sassies and her mastermind and her community. So clearly our people are not just buying a mastermind. They're buying a community, and she's consciously, consciously fostering that through her stories and through her language where she's evoking the togetherness and the friendship and love, you know? The next market is providing and receiving care, healing, happiness, balance. So many people in the health and wellness field talk about that, you know? So many coaches talk about that. You want someone to support you. You know, you want someone who's going to care for you. You want to take care of yourself or you want to care for other people. <clears throat> Then we've got, like, the self-identity market. And a lot of my work is based on the self-identity market. You know, I help people build a business that's a full reflection of who they are in the world. It's not just building a business that's going to make you money. It's building a business that you're going to love, that allows you to be more of who you are. That, you know, I think I once heard that the two greatest spiritual practices are having a business and having a baby, you know? And if you look at your business as a spiritual practice, as a vehicle for you to be more of who you are in the world, and that's really the only way to find, like, long-term endearing fulfillment. And like I've shown you, it's also the way to have a quantum leap in terms of revenue and tribe. So, so much of my work is based on that because I don't want to build anything that doesn't express who I am. And, you know, I used to be an artist. I was, like, a photographer and a writer, and I never made any money you know, until I realized that I could bring that same level of creativity, expression, and artistry into this realm of entrepreneurship. And that's made a huge difference for me. It's actually proven that... Um, the top companies are not hiring MBAs anymore. They're hiring MFAs, you know. Now, MFAs are becoming a valuable commodity when it never used to be the fact because MFAs have nurtured their creativity. They've learned to think outside of the box, not just think in a way that here's the formula for making money, which doesn't work anymore because the world is now, you know, moving towards wanting to know why, wanting that connection, wanting the story behind products in order to make a purchase. So the MFAs now the people who are tapping into that expression, tapping into that creativity, finding those stories, telling those stories, are the ones that are, you know, changing the world. And whether you look at large companies like Apple, who, you know, believe so much in design, they, they don't spare any, any um, 
I expense in creating products that feel amazing. And the whole selling point behind Apple, think different. It's about that product and what it allows you to do, the creativity that unleashes in you. Not just it's a fast computer, you know. It's about that creativity that unleashes inside of you. And then entrepreneurs. You know, somebody like a Brendan Burchard who tells his car accident story every chance he gets. In his car accident story, which ends in, you know, that, that moment of death and realization, did I live, did I love, did I matter, did I live, right? Mm-hmm. That's all about self you know, did I live? It's all about kind of beliefs and convictions, which is another desire market, by the way. And did I, it's also about fun and adventure. Did I love? It's about togetherness, friendship, and love. Did I matter? You know, that's also about the kind of convictions and self-identity. So if you look at the stories that the top entrepreneurs are telling, they tap into these markets that are powerful drivers that move people into action. If you understand kind of the natural driver that you believe in, but also the driver that, that your audience believes in, you can start telling stories that relate to your business, not just stories like, let me get out the family photo album. <laughs> In 1990, I graduated from college, and I had the realization that there were no jobs. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) These are all just such great examples, and it's it's obvious that you think that one of the keys that differentiates people who create quantum leaps and those who don't is telling the story authentically and vulnerably. I mean, are there other things in your mind that differentiate those who are who are able to create these quantum leaps for themselves and those who don't and other ideas you have as to what our listeners can do to create the quantum leaps for themselves? Absolutely. So, I mean, Tony Robbins says it best when he said 80% of your success is mindset and just 20% is the strategy and the what we do. And I, you know, I am kind of a training junkie and I go to lots of events. But the moment where I kind of pulled back and focused the amount of time that I was spending just learning and studying everybody else and actually doing and implementing on my business is when I really started to explode my business. And I'm not saying don't do trainings, but if you're going to do a training, actually do the training and implement the training. Don't just learn the training, right? Actually put it into practice right away. And what I found in business is that every kind of level of growth brings with it a whole new level of fears and doubts and insecurities and challenges. And I kind of think about it like I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. I hit a plateau. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. I hit another plateau. And on that plateau, there's kind of a almost a wall that I've got to break beyond. And... Every time I break beyond it, it's scary. I've got resistance. I'm getting, you know, a, a lot of fear and weird emotions around it. But every time I break through that wall, on the other side, there's another level of growth. And for me, I think it's about at what point am I going to let one of those walls stop me? Or am I? And I feel like we all self-select where we stop. Because there's a wall that we either can't get beyond or we don't want to get beyond or we're too scared of. So for me... um, it is about being incredibly self-conscious of why I'm behaving in certain ways, what's stopping me, the ways that I'm making choices in my business, and challenging every assumption that I have. So, you know, there are big questions that I'm consciously and consistently asking myself in my business, and the first one is, so what? Why does this matter not just to me but to my audience? Why is somebody going to care about this? And the second question is, what's next? 
So what that means is basically we've moved into an era where we're on a six-month product um, market cycle. What that means is that it used to be companies could release new products every two years and people would be happy. Now the biggest companies have to release updates to new products every six months because the world is changing so fast. So always looking forward for me and asking what's next. Where is the market going? Where is the industry going? What stopped working? And I feel like so many people adopt strategies right at the cusp where they've already peaked and are kind of on the downward trend. So um, for me, it's about getting my mindset really, really solid and then setting what's out there and challenging every assumption that I have about my own business, what's going to work and what's not going to work, and being willing to reinvent myself on a regular basis, not the core of who I am, not the stories I tell, not that role I play in the market, but reinvent the inside of my business, whether it's the systems that I use to run the business, whether it's what we're offering, whether it's the products and the services, whether it's charging more, you know, all the things on a day-to-day level that actually run the business. And every single time I make a big choice like that to shift things because I recognize that something's not working, there's a massive breakthrough on the other side. And that's something that I've really, really been working on right now is getting super strategic about every level of my business. And I'm constantly doing, you know, every single quarter strategic planning of looking at my goals, looking at how they've changed over that quarter, either because I've exceeded them or I failed at exceeding them or they need to shift because I'm moving in a different direction or the market's moving in a different direction or there's an opportunity that kind of emerged that I didn't see before. And I think that willingness to be very dynamic and fluid in your business to have goals but allow them to shift and to change and to constantly take that step back and give yourself perspective, whether it's hiring someone who can coach you through and give you that perspective or whether it's doing strategic planning processes yourself or internally with your team. But doing the hard work on your business, because I know it's so, so easy to get in complete overwhelm mode of just trying to get through a to-do list or kind of fulfilling things that you've already sold, that that stops. And every time I stop working on the business, you know, and I just am in that mode of do, 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 it's like the business stops growing. And as hard as it is to kind of step above the business and look at the business and work on the business, it's the most valuable thing that I do. And so now, regardless of how busy I get, I'm constantly doing business development activities, whether it's reaching out to new partners, whether it's just taking that step back, to think about, okay, what do I really want to do here? What is the outcome that I want? So I'm performing that task in a way that's directing me to the outcome and not just doing a task and constantly be willing to look at what I've done and see whether it's been successful, what I could do to improve it, always having that mindset of improve, improve, and improve. Every single time I teach a course or offer a free webinar, I change it based on the results that I've gotten. So, you know, every webinar I give, it's had maybe six scripts or seven scripts until I really crack the code. And it's not like a magic bullet solution, but it's just about being observant and seeing what works. Okay, did something fall flat on this particular story? Did people tune out on the story? Did they not resonate to something? Or what did they resonate to? And I'd say that that's been super, super key, that level of strategicness and, um, you know, being conscious of what's really going on. Rather than just saying, all right, here's my plan, I'm going to stick to it, and this rigid kind of walking forward towards something that's not working. Hmm. Really, uh, 
rich what you're what you're sharing. You you share a lot in a very short amount of time with such enthusiasm and such punch. I just wanted to comment on <laughs> the meta level because it just is really enjoyable, and you can tell that you've worked you, you, you you've worked at per- perfecting this. Like you're you're a great speaker. Uh, I just really enjoy listening to you, and I'm sure everyone who's listening to you is enjoying it. Thank you, thank you. And again, it's like um, all of those phases of iteration mm-hmm. on my message, doing webinars, writing, being in front of the camera day after day, what that's done is it's given me the, the chops, the miles that I've walked. You know, you hear that it takes 10,000 hours to achieve mastery. And once you just get out there and do it and do it and do it, even before you're confident and you're comfortable doing it, it's building your chops. It's giving you yeah. that foundation. So now I can show up anytime and anywhere, even if I haven't planned a thing, and be able to turn on and give in a way that supports my brand, in a way that supports my message, in a way that supports my business, in a way that people can feel. And it's not kind of accident or natural-born talent. It's simply that willingness to continue to get up there every single day and make an ass of myself sometimes and, you know, bubble along sometimes, um, make mistakes, but figure it out as I go. Yeah, I love it. I, it's like um, you're, you're, you've unleashed yourself. Because when I first met you, you were powerful, but now you have, it, 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 there's like an exponential jump in your power. Would you call it a quantum leap? <laughs> I'd call it a quantum leap. <laughs> I certainly would. <laughs> so it's um, you know, I think you've already been sharing from here, but I don't know if there's more that you want to share from the edge of your current learning, your growth, your evolutions, more of your inner dialogue, on your current evolving edge. Now, again, I think I know you've already been sharing from here, but I don't know if there was anything more you wanted to add. Yeah, my involving edge, of course, is being more and more confident in myself and my message and what I've got to give. And knowing, being able to show up, say, on a call where I've got 100 people that I'm coaching and everyone's going to show up with different problems and different concerns and needing something different for me, but being able to trust that I can show up and that I'll be able to find what that solution is and what that answer is. And I guess as a consultant and as a coach, you know, people are paying me to show up and deliver. And it can be scary sometimes when you're being paid a lot of money and you're in a context where you have no idea what they're going to say. But for me, it's this constant evolution and trust in that I have the answers, that something inside of me knows what to say and what to do. And that's really an evolution for me. Also, being in front of the camera is an evolution. Being on stage, I'm going to do my first live event in October, Message to Money Live. That's an evolution, not just um, in terms of being in front of people, but I have to practice, like, almost daily to get my voice to the point where I can sustain two days of talking, you know. And doing vocal exercises even before every single presentation, every interview that I give, I do, like, 20 minutes of vocal exercises. So uh, it's not just the words, but the voice has resonance and pause and enthusiasm, highs and lows, you know, <laughs> to realize what do I need to learn and who do I need to be and who do I need to become in order to step into my message and continue to be living it on a a bigger scale. You know, I'm doing personal training now three times a week and exercising every single day just to have the physical power to do this work in the world. And I guess I'm constantly looking at the areas where either I'm not as strong or not as evolved or the area that's going to provide breakthrough or results in my life and in my business, whether it's in terms of fulfillment, whether it's in terms of authenticity, whether it's in terms of expression, 
what it's in terms of know-how and that continual growth path of, uh, and not, not just even randomly, but just dedicating myself to understanding the areas that I need to get better, whether it's copywriting, whether it's public performance, whatever it happens to be. And right now the biggest area, believe it or not, is, you know, we've basically between last year and this year flipped our business model from making 80 or 90% of our money from done for you and one-on-one consulting services and just 10% on products to the opposite, where now we're making like 80% of our income and our revenue on products and trainings that are more leveraged and just 10 to 20% on the one-on-one work that I do with people. And I still love doing that. But there's also Mm -hmm. that recognition that even though I love it, there's something in that that has to give for me to make that bigger level of impact. And I used to to be a writer, and they always say that in writing you've got to kill your darling. There's always those kind of pieces of creative expression that you love but that aren't meaningful to your audience, that aren't actually contributing to the work as a whole. And I think in business that can often be the case as well, of being willing to kill darlings and let go of things that aren't the highest, best use of your time. And there's a lot of things that, whether it's from my own perfectionism or my ability to let go of control and empower people on my team, that I continue to do that create bottlenecks in the business. So constantly kind of being vigilant on all of those. And right now the biggest learning curve is um, in generating passive income and putting some of our products on evergreen. So I'm looking at the ways to sort of optimize our funnels and our content so people who are landing on our site are becoming customers without us having to do anything just because we've gotten the content right, just because we've refined the emails, just because we've tested that opt-in gift, just because I've got that preview webinar on Evergreen that they can watch. And the difference in my business that I can make is, you know, dozens of leads a day day and sales every single day, but it's the hardest thing that I've ever done because it's a science and an art of bridging that inspiration with that hard and fast result. Because sometimes what I want to do, what looks amazing, isn't what actually inspires people into action, inspires people to leave their email address. You know, we had a beautiful homepage um, for the Video Superhero Summit with this moving slideshow of the 10, you know, different presenters in their full cartoon illustrations and everything. And that page was converting at less than 10%, which is horrible for a summit. So we kind of went into action, put our heads down, and created a page that converted that over 60% of the visitors and the subscribers. And it didn't look half as pretty. Uh, you know, it's not an example of great design, but it worked. And so for me, it's that science of getting to what works that makes a huge difference in terms of revenue. And, you know, I know for myself, I'm changing a, a webinar around, like from the first script to the sixth script to the seventh script. You can make a difference between 20% more people saying yes to you. And that's mm. huge. And I think that's where a lot of people stop as they put something out into the world but aren't willing to do that level of testing and optimization and just letting the numbers be your guide to that extra level of success. And that's hard work, and it's not fun because I've got to kill my darlings and let things go that I love, but it's making the business more and more effective and serving more and more people. Hmm. Really interesting. So you're, I, I love the way you're, you're marrying the, the practical and the inspiration and, and sort of also saying there are times where, you know, you could be like, you loved that first page. It was 
really nice from a design perspective, and there are a lot of elements that you enjoyed, but for whatever reason, you looked at the the business results you were having and said, okay, something needs to change here, because this isn't actually speaking to people the way I intended it to. And that can be really hard to do, because we can get really attached if we love, love the way something looks, right? Absolutely. It's so easy to get attached, but if it's not working and it's not serving your business goals, then it's got to change, so... So what do you think didn't work about that that first page that you that you had up? Too much going on, too much motion, too much to look at. It wasn't it's actually up there right now. We've put it back because the event is over and it actually stands better for the brand. So as we're approaching people for social media superhero summit, I prefer them to see that old page because everybody loves it and they're writing to us about how amazing it was, you know. But it wasn't converting. So, um, and there are a lot of different reasons why, so we really simplified it to a much, much more simple squeeze. And we were actually modeling that page off of other successful summits. But that's another learning point is that you never know what's going on behind the scenes in someone's business. So before you copy something and assume it's going to work, it might not work, and it might not be working for them. And so we mm-hmm. copied some really successful summits, and we thought it would work, and it didn't. So we had to reinvent the wheel based on everything that we knew. And it made a massive, massive difference in our business. Yeah, so there's this resilience and there's this ability to, you know, really uh, reconfigure, to reconstruct, to to really let go of what wasn't working in the past and to to not be attached to it and move move forward with what what is effective. And that's a that's a difficult inquiry, but really. Um, admire your your courage and your transparency in sharing all of that with us. Well, it's interesting because it actually relates back to story in the sense that um, when you start to tell your story over and over again, there's a point where it stops becoming about you and it starts seeing that you're a stand for other people. And I feel like my ability to be the inspirational force and vision behind my business is very much intact. But the more I'm able to step back and be impartial about what's actually happening, you know, it's never going to be, like, not in my core values or not in my voice. And we've gone too far with this. There was a point where I did a webinar that people hated because it was almost too much by numbers that I lost the inspiration behind it. So I, I think it converted at less than 10%, and the very next day I had another webinar. So I redid the entire webinar, <laughs> you know, overnight. And barely knew what I was going to say the next day. And then I got on. I was on fire. I was like, it can't go like that again. And the next webinar was the most successful webinar ever. So there is that process of, oh, my gosh, I pushed it too far the wrong way. And then it lost that essence of who we are and what we stand for. So I think it's a combination of being able to pull that brand story, those brand values, that core experience through everything that you do so it really, people can feel it. They can literally, it's almost tangible, feel it. But at the same time, being able to let go and um, use numbers and use results and use outcomes as your guide and to realize when to bring in people who know more than you. Because now I'm constantly hiring really top experts to advise and sometimes paying them a lot of money. But the results that we get are really incredible. So when I let go of needing to make all the decisions myself and needing to do something in a particular way, the results get even bigger. And when I'm willing to share my story and realize that it's about more than me, so if I get over my personal fear, the story takes on kind of a universal quality. And I, I learned that from Bowie said that the more specific you become in your storytelling, the more universal it is in terms of its appeal. And I feel like I've just gotten to that point in my business where 
I'm able to let go in terms of my self-expression and how that's landing in other people in terms of there are other people who are going to judge and dislike it, but letting go and knowing the story is no longer about me once I put it out into the world. It becomes about the listener, and hopefully it can activate something in that listener. So I'm willing at this point to share things about myself or be incredibly transparent about my business, even numbers, and not trying to fabricate and say, we did a million-dollar launch like some people. <laughs> it's like, These are the big results that we got, you know, and actually share that. And nobody's sharing that because, you know, it's, but it's part of our journey, and it's not going to make us look not credible. If anything, people are just thankful that somebody's being real and sharing real numbers, not judging yes. that, oh, my gosh, that's all you did. It's like, wow, okay, great. This is realistic. I can do this. I can achieve this. Yeah, and no, I really appreciate your transparency. And most people don't share about they they'll share about the successes, but they won't, or they'll share about the what happened after they fixed it, but they won't tell you what happened before they fixed it. You know, um, right? Yeah. So I, I yeah, and it's that whole like trying that 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 image that that people will often try and maintain of you know their their perfection or their results that they create but we we all have things that don't work and it's it, there's more learning actually in those often than there is in the successes and so i really appreciate you sharing so transparently and so what are some questions that we can ask that will help us to release the stories that are hiding inside us yeah absolutely so by the way i just wanted to say um one thing about that is with, um, you know, that, that ability to kind of discon- simultaneously disconnect and connect is just so utterly important. And I think that ability to be really transparent, it's just a breath of fresh air. And the more transparent you are and the more you reveal, the more people are going to love you. And it's just so, so important. And the failures and the challenges are what's creating all of the successes, right? And that's just kind of the yeah. irony behind it is every time you fail, every time something does not go right, it's creating that success. So, you know, that's, I just think that that's kind of um, pretty spectacular and um, to realize that your stories are actually giving you a bridge to connect to your audience, that your failures, that your challenges, that your humanity are what's going to connect you to your audience. So... That's super important. And now let me tell you a couple questions that you can use to really connect you to your story. And I know sometimes it's hard to, when you first get started, like I've turned on my story radar, so I kind of see stories everywhere, you know, even in a walk to the street or, uh, you know, down the street or a trip to the grocery store. But when you first begin, I recommend that you start unearthing the main story of why you do what you do and what your core beliefs are. And so I've put together a list of about eight questions that are really, really compelling and that can help you tap into this. And don't worry if you don't get all of these questions down, too. I'll give you a free resource that you can download that's going to share those eight questions again. So the first one is, how did you make the choice to do what you're doing? After all, everybody setting down a path ultimately makes a choice at some point. The second question is were you dissatisfied with the status quo in some particular field, and did you want change? And by the way, the reason why I'm telling you these eight questions is if I really look at all the stories out there that the major entrepreneurs are telling, they fall into one of these eight questions. So you don't need to be able to ask all eight questions. Just listen to the one that you really feel and that awakens something inside of you or that sparks an idea in you, because that's your question. You only need one. 
The third is, were you dissatisfied with the status quo in some particular field and want change? Oh, oh sorry, I just said that one. <laughs> and the second, the third one is really, what do you love to do most and why do you love it? There's nothing more inspiring than hearing people talk about something they're so lit up and engaged by. The fourth one is, what big problem do you have a solution for? The fifth one is, what's at stake? What's the cost of not fixing this now? Not just the cost to you, but the cost to your clients, the cost to the world as a whole. What's the cost of, you know, living a life where you hate what you do every single day, right? That, for me, is really important, the fact that most people hate their job. That's why I get up and want to inspire people to really align with their work. If you could only share one thing with the world, what would it be? Is it fair trade chocolate? No. Is it your trick to really find stories inside of people? What is that that only you know how to share with the world? And the next one's a really big one. What was your lowest point or greatest challenge? Because often it's that lowest point or greatest challenge that allows you to see the other side, that allows you to finally make the break between what you were doing and who you were to what you want to be doing and who you are moving forward. And the last question, the eighth question, is what's your greatest success or accomplishment? You know, what was that moment of breakthrough, of success? And sharing that in a way that was not about bragging, but it's about that recognition of how far you've come and what you've been able to accomplish by overcoming your challenges. Those are just such great juicy questions. I love them. And if you uh if you all are wanting to to get these questions and more of Marisa, we have uh, a free gift that she mentioned already and an offer that she's going to share with you and you can access both of those and our on our uh, live call page. Uh, near Marisa's picture, there is a link to the free gift and a link to the offer. And then also, uh, if you are listening to the replay, it's quantum leap telejam forward slash replay. And you, well, if you're listening to the replay, you're already on the replay page, and there you'll <laughs> see links to the free gift and the uh, and the offer right there. Um, the links are uh, the links to these pages are included in your daily emails. So you can, and now Marisa, I'll turn it back over to you to, to share about your free gift and your offer. Absolutely. Thanks, Leela. So I created this free report called the How to Use Your Personal Story to Create Authenticity, Authority, and Income. And it's really about not just sharing you the eight questions that I've already mentioned that really tap into and help you release those stories that are hiding inside of you, but it shows you why stories are just so devastatingly effective in your business and covers all the points that I forgot to cover today because I never remember all of them when I'm live and speaking from the heart. So just it's a great starter when it comes to really getting started and telling those stories. And if you want to go deeper and if you really want to integrate storytelling into every aspect of your business and achieve the kind of quantum leap that I've talked about today of magnetizing your tribe to you, of creating that quantum leap in partnership with your audience, then I'd like to invite you to join my Hidden Story Power program. So this is an online training program that includes six really powerful video training modules 
that cover really everything that we know about story and how to use it in your business. And I didn't mention this yet, but I actually spent the first eight years of my career as a documentary filmmaker. And the one thing that I discovered was that there are stories everywhere, and there are stories inside of everyone. So even if you don't know what your story is, even if you don't think it's relevant to your business, I guarantee you that you've got more stories than you can imagine, enough stories for a lifetime of doing business in the way that I've been talking about. And it's super, super easy to inspire people to action when you find the right stories and you use them in the right way. So Hidden Story Power takes you step-by-step through the process of not just finding your stories, but really linking them to your business. So people don't just fall in love with you, they fall in love with your products and your services. So as a documentary filmmaker, I really want to give you the essential tools to actually structure and tell your story so it can't be ignored. I'm going to guide you through the process of structuring your story, and there are really just two story structures that you need to know to tell your story super powerfully, and the most effective way to, to kind of share it with people so it viscerally moves them into action and it actually makes them make a choice about you because you're using the right language. You're really evoking the right emotions in people. And those who actually choose yes are going to feel compelled to take action and fill your business with the kind of people that I've talked about, this really loyal fan base who can't stop referring you and buying from you and just loving you at every moment. So I want to pull that natural storyteller inside of you out. And we're all born to be storytelling. Storytelling was the first human art form, really. And show you not just how to find and tell your story, but all the different contexts you can use your story in your business. Now, I want you to learn exactly how to capture your story on video, which is the most powerful tool for telling your story, regardless of whether you've got experience in front of the camera or not. And actually, a lack of experience and an ability to be authentic is the most important tool that you have. And I also want to show you how to share your story in email and social media. So you don't have to think that social media is all about running, you know, expensive ads and spending hours asking your friends to like your stuff. But how do you chunk down your story in social media to actually have people like and tweet and share it without you doing anything just because you're so compelling and engaged? And finally, I want to show you how to wrap your training and your talks and your info products with story. And the reason why that's so effective is that when you share your story in the way that I want to teach you, your students actually have three times better recall of what you said. So if you're ever worried that people aren't taking action on your stories, on, on your material, or they're not getting the results, this really can make a difference And then taking what you teach and your expertise and actually moving forward in their lives with it. So just for these sessions, and I haven't even told you about all the bonuses, and I'm not sure I have time to tell you about all the bonuses, this program just costs on this call, it's not $2,000, and I've actually paid $2,000 for story courses before that didn't have, like, a fraction of the value that I want to give you in this particular program. And it's not even $1,000, and usually this program is $297. But if you buy it through the Telesummit, you get it for $197 today, and you get instant access to all the video training and instant access to our Facebook community where people are sharing their stories every single day. And you actually have about six different bonuses, everything from a, a gallery of 30 different videos that show you how 30 entrepreneurs have shown, have told their stories in their business from all different industries, from being a baker you know, to being a lawyer. So you have real examples and models to follow as you craft your story to you know, products by other entrepreneurs such as Matthew Peters' mobile video ignition for YouTube showing you how to use YouTube and Stephen Washer's The Video Brain showing you how to really make the videos from a production standpoint. 
point. I actually give you even the Ariel approach, like a voice training CD, so you can start to really maximize your voice and the power of your voice to share your stories. And I give you my $97 personal branding product for free as well. So there's a lot here in the program. During the summit, it's just $197. You can sign up using the links below. You can also get my free gift as well. And I really look forward to not just having you join the program, but hearing your story come out through the Facebook group, through the interaction we do in the course, and seeing that story manifest in the world, and seeing all the people, the ripple effect of all the people you can start to inspire by being more of you and expressing more of who you are in your business, through your business, in the market, to your audience. Because that really is the way that I made my quantum leap in my business, and I know it can make a huge difference for yours as you move out of just pure content creation, kind of push marketing into this realm of telling your stories and creating resonance and connection with people in a way that they can fall in love with you and want to work with you and only you. Hmm. Really beautiful. Thank you so much for your very generous free gift and your offer and the discount you're offering to this community. I really appreciate it. And hearing your story today, Marisa, has been so powerful for me and for everyone who's listening. And I'm just thank you, I'm just thrilled with our conversation today. And thank you so much for participating in this Quantum Leap event. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really a pleasure. And I so enjoy what you're doing and so appreciate the community that you're building around this event and inspiring other women entrepreneurs to make those quantum leaps in their business, whatever that means to them. And the thing is, is that when you make your quantum leap, it's not just about you making the quantum leap. It's not just about you making more money. It's not just about you finding more fulfillment. But there's a domino effect. There's a ripple effect. And whenever I feel like, oh, my gosh, why am I doing this? This is so much work. And I can imagine all the people that I've inspired. It keeps me moving forward. So, Leela, by offering this quantum leap telejam and inspiring quantum leaps, you're not just inspiring the quantum leaps of the people who are listening, but all the people that they touch. So it's been a true honor to be a part of this. Thank you for the work that you do. Oh, thank you. Thank you for for naming all that so beautifully. I really appreciate it, and I take that in. And it's just been such a joy to to experience you after this. You're, you're Marisa Unleashed now. <laughs> I love it. Eleven and a quarter. <laughs> I love it. So we will be back with uh, Cheryl Heppard very soon at noon Pacific, three Eastern. So join us again for that. And I'm just going to say goodbye for now, and I'll be with you again very shortly. So thank you again, Marisa, and bye, everybody. This is an interview that was repurposed from an event in 2013 called Quantum Leap Telejam. It was done under pseudonym, which is why you will hear the name Lila Samaya. Long and interesting story behind that. Ask Kavita if you want to know. Some of the links that are mentioned may not be available, but there will be a link to each person's website in the show notes so you can find them if you wish. Enjoy the interview.